Welcome to Beyond Conventional Marketing, a marketing leader's guide to digital consumer experiences. You're about to hear an episode full of insights from marketing leaders to help you build meaningful moments and relevant digital experiences for your consumers. Join us as we hear from marketing leaders about their experiences with data and personalization, digital marketing trends, and expert advice on how to grow your business and connect with consumers. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Beyond Conventional Marketing. Super excited about today's guest, Stefan Lukacs from Indochino. Hey Stefan, how are you? Hey, how's it going today? Good, good. As I just mentioned, it's Vancouver weather in Toronto, but so excited to have you on the show today and I'm super excited about our conversation. Before we get started, could you maybe tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do at Indochino? Sure. So at Indochino, I head up our marketing, PR, and, and creative groups here. What that entails, a mighty team of four marketers and three creative people. Uh, we we kind of make you know a lot, lot of our communication magic happen. Everywhere from our brand building type of efforts, uh, ensuring that people know about the Indochino brand, acquiring new customers, either through our 80-some retail locations, our e-commerce platform. All of those are kind of the, the conversion points that we drive people to, and then eventually to our retention efforts. So it's everywhere from SMS, email, uh, to ensure that, that we have a great program to reach out to existing customers, help them learn and, and continue to, to see the value within Indochino and re-engage them as much as possible. Amazing. And could you tell our listeners a little bit about what Indochino is and, and what you guys do as a business? Of course. So Indochino is a made-to-measure formal wear apparel company. In the past, it was it was men only, um, but as of October of last year, we started to expand towards women's wear. The premise is, is quite simple: that that you know you find out about us and and book an appointment. One of our our eighty one different locations in the U S. and Canada, and you go in. It's an hour-long experience where a showroom team will, will understand your particular type of needs, what you're looking for, go through the measurements, help you choose fabric, ch- help you choose lining, and all of that can be customized and personalized to your particular interests and needs. Once we have that, we put it all into a computer, goes to our factory, factory with a laser cut, tailor, get everything to measurement, and you know, uh, uh, two to three weeks later, you'll, you'll get a package. In the mail on your front doorstep, uh, open it up, and there's a nice little box, Indochino. You take it out, um, try on your suit. If it fits, great. And if there are any adjustments that need to be made, feel free to stop by our, our showroom where they're happy to kind of make, make those adjustments and make sure that we get it right to what you're looking for. That's very cool. And what what is kind of the price segment? that you're looking at for a first so we have kind of three sort sort of tiers our seasonals um that are in the 350 range we've got um premium and i'm uh, quoting in u.s dollars premium that's that's in the 400 range and then our our luxury that's in in the 500 interesting i actually just asked that question because my partner needs a suit for his sister's wedding and i wanted to know (laughs) and very interesting because we're totally in in that time period and and Starting with the first year after COVID, 21, we saw that resurgence around weddings and, and weddings that used to be, 
you know, I, I'd say a little bit less than a third of our business all of a sudden catapulted to almost half of our business. Wow. Um, yeah, coming from, from weddings or event specific. It makes sense post-COVID, right? I think you're, you're a great, great example of that, of like, look, I'm, I'm sure that, that your, your sister or relative has been waiting for a while. It's hard to find reception places nowadays. And so, great, if you were able to do it in 2022, awesome. Like, you got to the front of the line, but most of us, believe it or not, had to wait a little, little bit longer. And so we're definitely capitalizing that and did a great job in 2022. Now in 2023, we see the appetite interest within kind of the wedding domain. And, and we expect this year as well to be a similar, you know, to use the word of a wedding supplier, gangbuster year when it comes to weddings and really, really strong on that front. And the truth is, it might be the last year that that's as well, what I mean is as strong, right? So, so like, you know, the wedding is normally, you know, I'd say a third of your business and now it's half and it might go that will normalize probably in 2024, right? That's what we're seeing. That's what all, all the industry is kind of forecasting as well. Again, makes sense. Two year-ish cycle from the engagement until you can finally get everything ready and going. So that's kind of what we're thinking of. That brings up a really interesting point that you made. Like, what are some of the other ways that your business has changed in the last few years? So I think, you know, COVID is is the accelerator for many organizations. For us, our model is such that it is made to measure and it's custom made, meaning that when COVID hit, we were able to successfully contract the business significantly. So it's a call to our factory and saying, stop all production. Any material that's there, let's think about liquidating that or what can we do? And then our showroom teams probably took the biggest brunt of that, of, of just putting people on pause and, you know, compressing or contracting our uh, retail type of team. And then, you know, our corporate team also went, went through, you know, I'd say a really significant contraction, but the team that was left during that period, you know, ran the business as best as they could with, you know, a very different type of demand and approach, like, we're all at home in our sweats. Nobody needs suits. And, and you know, unless you're dressing up for your Zoom call and then it's just top up type of deal. I'm in sweats right now, by the way, bottom <laughs> bottom down and top up. That's kind of the, the new type of reality. So with that, we, we just had to adjust. So one is is lower, you know, your business goals, expectations, um, factory, team, resources, et cetera. Then come 2021, when I joined, uh, it, it, we saw the writing on the wall and, and actually saw really strong correlations between immunization rates and people coming in to get, get appointments. So those states that you know had lighter requirements or starting their immunizations, we saw the business start to rise there very much in step with, with immunizations. And so 2021 was a later year than normal, meaning everything kind of moved over, but we, we started that recovery, started that, that, that re, regrowth type. And, and 2022 is really when we were getting our, our, our rhythm and, and, and establishing ourselves, I'd say again. Again, in retrospect, our fiscal finishes in, in the end of this month. So we start in February and finish in January. So just, you know, reflecting back, it's, it's I'd say, one of the strongest years in history for, for Indochino. Yeah. Um, and, and it's really a combination of factors. It's one, tapping on to the relevant type of events, a sales team that's well-attuned to, to the business, a marketing team that knows where to fish for the right type of, of prospects or, or existing customers or, or, or to find those people and bring them back. Our brand team did, did a phenomenal job of, of building and pushing out our, our kind of brand type of message. 
and even up to the customer experience team, right? That's done, just done a phenomenal job and really understands how to meet the needs of the customer within kind of the customer service type, type, type of domain. Yeah. And so as you were just talking about your, your marketing team really understanding the customer, I guess, finding them, what does that kind what does that look like for you? Like who would you say is your customer? Has that changed during COVID? Yeah, I think the customer has actually stayed really, really similar. similar so, yeah. So, so yeah, fascinating. We we ran a, a survey, three thousand of our customers segmenting it into our four different segments. So so looking at those particular segments, asked exactly the same questions as we did in 2019 slash 2018. We when we ran a similar type of, of survey like this, and very very similar results. What drivers our customers are, are kind of three main things. One, the promos. Everybody's looking for the, the discounts and stuff like that. So usually our existing cohorts are very kind of promotionally driven. We have our newer type of customers that, that are coming in for events. And so discovering us for the first time and, you know, hearing this through a buddy, through a friend, through an acquaintance and so forth. And then the, the last cohorts, you know, looking for kind of fashion. We find a really good kind of sweet spot with, within kind of the fashion domain. Again, that, just that notion of being able to choose your fabric. Mm-hmm. And, and choose the way that your suit is developed allows for tweaks, adjustments, fun flair that other brands you can get through accessories, but you can't do it with with the suit itself. So, you know, I'm wearing one, and this is very kind of boring type of lining here, um, but I have others, you know, an example. This is for, for a Texas. Um, oh, cool. <laughs> right? But it's a flag on the inside of your suit. <laughs> yes, yes, it's a Texas flag, right? And so, you know, you dream it and we'll have some of those linings. And, and one of the ideas that we're kind of working on is how do you design your own lining, right? How can we enable that? And because the organization is so well entrenched from, from a supply chain perspective, you know, a good example of this was our Pride campaign. Our designer designed the Pride campaign logo. We had our customers vote which of the, of the ones that, that we, they liked we send it to the supplier, supplier finds a way to print it. And then within two months, we had that lining available to celebrate Pride Month. Oh, that's amazing. I actually have a nice example of that too, because one of my friends, I ran into him at a wedding and he had a really nice suit. But I think for me, it was the inside. It was from Indochino. The inside of the suit, it was the suit that he wore at his wedding. And he is like his background is Indian. So he wanted to wear a suit, but he also wanted like a little bit of a cultural touch over there. And so the print on the inside of his suit was like somewhat Indian. And then he also had like his name and the date for because it was his wedding suit as well. And I thought that was really, really nice. And we find that to be because it's not just the groom. I mean, all of the groomsmen can also do that as well. And so from quotes that are put there, dates as well to, to mark events, like all of that are those really, you know, kind of intimate type of personalizations that you can do that you can't get off the rack. You can't, I mean, yes, I, I guess you could, you go and you monogram it with a different type, type of company and so forth. But to be able to do that in mass in the way that we do is, is, is a unique differentiator that customers really like and that brings them back to, and again, to that fashion cohort I was talking about. And it's like, hey, that ability to pick and choose your lining, to be able to customize the monogram, all of that are, are, are things that get people interested in, and, and coming back. So as you're talking about the experience that your customers are having in the personalization aspect, 
right now in the industry, we're hearing a lot about personalization online, but it's so interesting that your, your, your product and your business is all about like in-personal, in-person personalization and customization. But I would love to understand what, I guess, the role of the in-person experiences for the customer versus what the online or digital experiences for the customer, uh, for the Indochino customers, if there is any. Yeah, generally what, what, what we find is that the offline or what we call retail channel services uh, new customers better. And again, just think about it, that, that it's, it's, you're, you're getting a suit for a wedding, for an event, for you know, work or so forth. And yes, you could measure yourself, but it's a little bit tricky, right? You usually need another person to kind of help you with the length, arm length and leg length and so forth. Second, the fashion consultant element is something, and that experience around that I think is really, really unique to what we do. Style guides are really just that, style guides. They know the pulse. They know what's hot, what's interesting, and so forth. And you know, the reality is, and, and, and not to overgeneralize, but guys sometimes need a bit of a guidance. Sometimes they need, you know, somebody to kind of help them and be like, dude, you're dressing up. That sounds about right. <laughs> not to overgeneralize, there are some guys that are really, really good at this. Myself, I just need a little bit of that guidance. And that's what the style guide is there for, to help you and, and say, here are your options. Here's what you can do. Have you considered this? Have you considered this? Have you considered this? And so we find that the retail offline experience is really good for that. It creates that full experience. And once we have your measurements, then you kind of switch towards an online type of experience where the same level of customizations can be done. You can select everything. Again, you don't get that same touch and feel. You don't get the, a sense to feel the fabric. And there is an important component of that. But again, we're hoping that people kind of remember, okay, this is a difference between a premium fabric and a seasonal fabric and a or luxury fabric. You can feel the difference and it's based on the mix of, of kind of uh, materials in there. So again, generally, our, our repeat customers will generally do that online, right? And again, it's the, the ease and um, simplicity of it. I log in, I choose the three shirts that I want, and I do any type of customizations from from the monogramming to how you want your buttons to the neck and so forth. And then what I say is kind of five clicks. All of a sudden, you have uh, a shirt. Throw in another four or five clicks for suit customizations, you can also do that as well. So the ease of that is remarkable. And and to know that, hey, I can order a suit and it's going to fit me perfectly well because you've invested that time towards, you know, the fitting initially. And, you know, measurements generally keep the same. COVID was was a challenge because there's the COVID-20, whatever you want to call it, of, of before and after. <laughs> and that too, we used it as an opportunity of like, hey, you're going back, come, come visit us. You know, we, we, we're happy to adjust your size. If you go up, if you go down, totally, we'll make it work for you. Yeah, that's so interesting because you have the ability to do something with so much ease online, but there is still like a huge in-person element that that people really enjoy and sounds like they almost need it too. Do you find that there has been like a change in behaviors where I guess at least existing customers are doing more online? No, I'd say that that the the trends that we're seeing are very similar to the previous years. And, and and whether the previous year be 21, again, the latter part of 21, or if we comp towards 19, those ratios of existing customers to new customers that we track really closely generally align on, on a month-by-month basis. The only variations that we'll see are, are day-to-day, week-to-week. 
And usually what happens there is uh, seasonal effects. So it was Martin Luther King Day yesterday, right? That has an impact on on kind of the, the, the week. And so that kind of creates a little bit of noise, not as much from, from a monthly perspective. So all to say is, no, we, we see that generally, you know, you're, the, the behaviors are, are somewhat similar to what we've seen in the past of people that shop online versus people that shop offline. Yeah, that's a super interesting perspective because for most of the, I guess, guests that we've had on the show, they definitely see an uptick in, in, in e-commerce and digital activity, but it just really goes to show you that it's like the experience and the product that really defines how how people behave. I think the one exception, no, not as much. This is a tricky one. Black Friday was really strong for us on the online front. I think that's an example of greater reliance for online, again, during that seasonal type of period, right? And so if I compare Black Friday this year versus 22, was really strong on the online front. Again, like that is probably an example of, of the change. But, but again, if I normalize it over the year or look at it per month, same thing, per, per month, we see roughly around the same t- type of ratios. It's just the seasonality does kind of push people towards. And again, think about it. If your showroom's closed, well, it's just very easy to kind of go, go online. And, and, and now it is kind of second nature to us. Whereas in the past, it was a little bit more difficult. Now, I think the world is more enabled on the digital front. So you're going to lean towards that more. But again, our, our general behaviors is just our experience is so rich offline that we'll even have existing customers that are like, ah, the new 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 styles are out. I want to go check them out in the showroom and they enjoy the showroom experience, right? Again, it's that notion of, of the style guide to kind of walk you through, chat it, chat about it. It's it's in our world of Amazonification, commoditization of our products, where you don't get to have that experiential or talk to a person as much. That is a, a, a differentiator. Now, some people don't want that. Like, you know, sometimes I just want to go shop so, something. But sometimes, especially when buying a $600 suit, I want to invest. <laughs> I want to go through that experience. And we're here to happy to provide that. Yeah. I think it also just goes to show that there's some pieces or some elements of fashion and clothing that you maybe don't want to just buy online and risk it. Because for me, I know like one of those things would be a pair of jeans. I don't know that I would buy a pair of jeans online. I would just rather like be able to try it before buying it. And then I think maybe a suit is something similar for for men. Yeah. Funny because my daughters are getting into the mall shopping type of approach and their approach is fascinating. They go to the mall and they try on. They go from one store to another, they try on, they write down their size, and then they come and shop online. (laughs) Why do you do that? And they're like, well, I can get better discounts online, whether I get like $50 off by giving my email address or my my cell phone number. And I'm like, you savvy little kids, gosh, (laughs) poor retailers are are, are just like, and this is that generation. Yeah, your daughters get it. (laughs) They get it, get it, right? And so like they did a marathon, like, three hours of going to every single place in the store, writing down, they come back with their notes. I'm like, oh my goodness, children. Like, <laughs> but this, I think, is the new type of approach of Gen Z that they are, you know, there is no online offline. There's omni-channel and that's it. So how do I choose the elements of the offline that are beneficial to me? And how do I find the elements of online that are that are beneficial to me? And then, you know, the, the expectation there is that the 
experience is as seamless as possible. Yeah. So that when I go into Lulu and, and you know, speak to the rep and they give them my email address, when I do my email address online, that experience and so forth it does transfer over. Do you see elements of that, like with your business as well, or not so much? We work hard to create a seamless experience between the online and offline. That's where we're, we're really kind of working hard. It is heavily technology driven. Um, does require a, a heavy investment. And so we, we find the right type of mix to, to lean on the technology when we can. And when we don't, we go old school of just pen and paper and, and put it in, in, into, into the system, you know, where, where, where we can. And, and our notes section within our system is, is a really good. So when a customer's there, there, there's like a notes section where you just kind of write shorthand. That's a rich repository of information that the showroom team has. And that if there's a problem, if there's a concern, our customer service team has the same access to that. And they have those nuances. They have that that greater context than just, hey, customer ordered X, Y, and Z. All of that can be captured within the notes section. So is it perfect, you know, type of technology system that has it all integrated? No, I'd love for it to be, but but it, it's a really good scrappy solve that, that, that I think we're really proud of. Yeah. And I, I think also it goes back to what does your customer need in the moment, right? Your customer needs the perfect fitting suit. And if that happens more in a showroom, then that's what you should do. <laughs> Cause I honestly think that fine, especially with things like a suit, even as, as a woman having the perfect fitting suit, I will go anywhere. I know that my suit is going to fit perfectly. <laughs> that's what we're seeing. Like women, as we're growing that that part of the market, that's a unique kind of differentiator as well, right? I think women are very used to off the rack or I, I need to go to this particular type of brand because this brand kind of fits me. And then you have to spend that additional money on a tailor, always. Yeah, it's either the, the money, the time, you know, all, all these elements. Now, you know, we're, we're able to kind of offer, we have what we call our silhouettes. Think of them as kind of templates. Mm-hmm. One is more tapered, one is wider. Our silhouette for women is, are, are, you know, more attuned to kind of the, the curves of, of women, but it's up to you to decide which one you want. If you want a more form-fitting, you know, the Madison uh, silhouette is probably better for you, but some women, you know, choose a more boxy type of approach and if that's the case we have others you know more uh, other type of silhouettes that also will, will be able to fit that so again that's the advantage of the, that that style guide that kind of understands your needs what are you looking for what's your style and ah let me find the right type of silhouette that, that matches your 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 particular interest what are the price points for women's suits <laughs> exactly the same oh amazing yeah yeah so really, really excited about, about that opp- opportunity. So we don't really, I'd say, we don't make a distinction between yeah. differentiate. Yeah, we, we don't make a difference between the two. It's like, look, a suit is a suit, right? We want to make sure that that suit fits as best as possible for you. Hence, you know, this, the different type, type of silhouette, but it's really uh, up to the, the customer's choice, you know, what, what they're looking for. So same price points, same fabrics. Same linings and so forth, but really a customized type of experience, customized towards your needs versus anybody else. What if you could provide all of your consumers the most relevant digital experience? With predictive personalization at the heart of your digital marketing strategy, you can build meaningful relationships with consumers and grow your business quickly. 
Brainify's AI-driven platform can help you at any stage of your personalization journey. Whether you're looking to collect data, optimize customer journeys, or curate predictive personalized experiences, Using one line of code, Brainify integrates with any marketing tool you already use in just two weeks. Ready to learn more about creating personalized digital consumer experiences? Connect with us at brainify.ai. Could you talk a little bit about what went into, I guess, launching that that service offering? Was it as easy as like, oh, we're just going to do this for women? I'm sure it wasn't, but... Would love to understand. Yeah, very, very interesting. We're still in the midst of it, right? Yeah. It's, it's something that I think if there's one word that would describe it as iterate. Mm-hmm. We started with eight locations. And that's really two two prompt type of approach. One, we need to train the showroom team to understand and measure women. Mm-hmm. And two, we need to have the IT connection and then the factory ready to produce those items as well. And as much as we prototype, we realized, you know, no prototype or planning for this can can kind of prepare us. So let's learn as we go. So we started with those eight. We had, you know, the training there, IT element there, and then the factory kind of ready to go. But as we, you know, launched in, in August, we kind of got a good sense of like, okay, this works, this doesn't work. When you do a measurement and you translate it like this in, into the technology system, make sure that you put these notes or you do it in this way. All of that is is improvements that we get. And because again, we're so data driven, we look at the let's call it correction rate for, for lack of a better word. When something's produced and then they come back and then they have to retailer that, we then track it down to the showroom person style guide, and then that particular type of customer so that we can then coach and improve the style guide, how they they capture that information. And we also improve the system as it is. So we've been really running this since late summer of last year and constantly iterating, constantly improving. One, that process, uh, I think the curveball that, that kind of um, happened was we had everything set up, you know, teams trained, IT's ready, the factory's ready. And we're kind of sitting, nobody's coming in. Nobody's coming in. What do we do? Nobody's coming in. Okay, marketing. We never envisioned to do much of a marketing push just because we want it iterative. We want it organic type of build up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, typical quick pivot, marketing team jumped on it, came up with a good plan, figured out where to pull funds from because that was not part of the plan and kind of made, made it happen. And, and again, slowly growing found some superb efficiencies on, on kind of our, our media front there, um, which is surprising because there's very little awareness, right? You would think yeah. that you need that awareness to drive efficiencies. No, we're still driving great efficiencies. Uh, again, I think it's a testament of the platforms nowadays. You'll hear the metas, the Googles and so forth of the world saying, oh, we full funnel, yada, yada, yada. And, and yeah, to a degree, if you plan your media the right way of have upper funnel elements and lower funnel elements and balance that out within a, a single or, or dual type of platform, you are able to do something. So what what are some of the tools that you use to be able to balance that? Meta is a good example, whereas many advertisers that pulled out of Meta, or not pulled out, decreased their investment in, in 2022. We saw that consistently. We went into 2022 thinking, ah, we're going to decrease our investment in that. And, and quite the opposite. As we progressed throughout the year, 
we saw continued efficiencies and even greater efficiencies that, that we've seen uh, versus previous years. And so we actually shifted to investing more and more toward, towards Meta. Not a huge amount, right? But but these are you know small percentages, five to to, to seven percent of your of your total moving from you know where you had allocated it to Meta. Meta is a big, you know, kind of complex type of beast with with kind of their their automated automated placement system that some advertisers like it, some don't. We go towards what drives the, the best type of CPA, right? So I'm not going to care where that ad appears, so long as it drives unaffected type of CPA, and it generally falls within a Meta platform. That's the preference. I I, I don't like the audience network too much because that's brand less brand safe and, and can't control it as much. So yeah, we, we've seen some great success from, from, from Meta and, and um, it does just that. You can find those, uh, since it's goal-oriented, you focus a, a portion of your budget, uh, upper funnel, and another portion towards capturing that. And it's been a really effective tool for us. And when you're thinking about data, do you like are your data sources both online and offline or are they primarily? Yeah. Both, yeah. When we do a weekly review, it's looking at GA and what are the insights there, but also looking at our order management system. So within our order management system, we've got you know typical type of sales. Okay, you sold this many suits at this price point. This is your AOV. What we also have access to are appointments. Um, and what's interesting within our business model is we look and track our appointment data really, really closely. So I look towards what's my appointment build this week, next week, and to a degree that forecasts how I'm going to do this weekend. By tomorrow, if, if my appointment volume is not where it should be for the weekend, that means, okay, media team, let's get going and let, let's push you know, a little bit more media to drive retail appointments. And, and, and we do that on a weekly basis. We, we, we look at, okay, how are we doing Tuesday, Wednesday? These are the showrooms that need a little bit more love. Do we have media to, to support it? Where can we push that between our, our kind of media mix and find ways to do that? Whereas, hey, we're trending well, let's invest less of our media towards um, appointment driving tactics and more towards online. And then if online's also kind of maxed out, then it moves towards awareness. So just think of them as buckets. You kind of have those buckets, moving them around every single week is, is a new type of dance. And then, you know, if both of them are full, then, okay, let, let's kind of put this to, towards awareness and build that demand. And at the beginning of our conversation, you had talked about understanding the customer. Do does your like appointments also fit into understanding the customer? Or where, how do you maybe uh, like you had talked about surveys? So is it primarily surveys that you're using to understand the customer, or does it also come from uh, like the offline piece? Yeah. So within the appointment, we we have more quantitative type of uh, data points. For, for example, the date, location. And what type of appointment are you looking for? Is it for an event? Is it for a new suit? Uh, there's like a list of those. And those influence. The challenge there is that we do see spillover. Somebody comes in for a wedding, they might say new suit. If somebody wants a new suit, they go for a wedding. So we use it directionally. But what has been more helpful for us is in the same type of uh, lead gen and also conversion point, we have a how did you hear about us? And that is is an effective third data point that we use in our attribution type of model. Again, attribution model uses clickstream data. That's any type of data that we can kind of harvest from GA, from Google ads, Facebook ads, and so forth. All of that feeds in. We combine it with our survey data. What do people say explicitly? 
And then the, the third data point is our coupons, all of the coupon type of information. And that is less relevant for your last click elements, so your Google ads, Facebook ads, but more relevant for print pieces that we do and really effective for podcast. Podcast is one of our efforts of, of media diversification that has been really, really successful for us, um, specifically because it does two things. It, it does top the funnel awareness. When we do that that survey and say, where did you hear about us? So many people say podcast because it's just a very present type of, it, it just percolates. And, and, and I think we've, we've optimized it to such a degree that we're really reaching that target market quite effectively. But because of the coupon code and the read, you know, hi, this is uh, Bob from Bob Finance. And, and I got my awesome type of suit from, from Indochino. Now with, you know, the code Bob50, you can save $50 off. So use Bob50 at, at checkout. And so people do remember that and then they'll apply the coupon code. And that has been a really effective tool for us to increase our investment in the podcast channel because you have an, an attribution that wasn't totally possible before. If I'm just looking at click-based type of attribution, nobody listens to a podcast, goes to the website, <laughs> clicks on it, and that, that just doesn't happen. Yeah. But it through repetition and so forth, people remember the code, they then will note that in, in the checkout, and we then combine those two and say, hey, because they, they reported both using the code from a podcast and they reported podcast, that increases the weight from in our attribution type of system. So we apply a greater fractal weight to that versus the other uh, data points. Yeah, that's super interesting. All right. Well, as we wrap up, are there any you know last thoughts or, or pieces of advice that you would like to offer? As far as advice, it's 2023 will be a challenging year for, for many of us. I think the big you know question is that big R word, is a recession upon us and how, what's happening there? In Canada, they recently announced you know, housing prices are, are starting to, to decline for people looking for a house, great, but you know, for much of the economy that, that, that is dependent on that, not, not as good. I think to continue the tried, tested type of approaches of test, learn, iterate. I can't stress that enough, right? Focus on the right type of tests for, for what, what you're looking for. Create rigor around the testing process. Don't test just, just, just to have data, but make sure that that is used. And find ways and ceremonies to democratize that. We have kind of two or three touch points with the whole team, from our analytics team to the e-com to creative to the marketing. And in that touch base, we use it as an opportunity to go through the results um, down to a channel level. This is overall e-com. This is what we saw for acquisition. This is what we saw. And in that, we have little insights. And the insights really help to inform the creative team that then makes better creative in the future to address those media questions, email questions, etc. So I think that the advice is continue good, smart type of testing. Part of that testing also means media diversification, right? Don't continue with, you know, the two, three big ones. It's how can you diversify towards other type of channels? Our big success last year was SMS. SMS is now making half of our retention revenue comes from the SMS channel. Um, so hugely, hugely successful, more in the US than Canada. I think it's the high prices of mobile here still, still make it challenging, but it continues to be really, really successful in the US. And again, the only way we figure that out is through testing, trying out different approaches. So 
yeah, that that will be a continued perspective for us. And and as we expand towards women's wear, just excited to find well, what is the right type of media mix that is different, similar, or or you know very uniquely different than 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 menswear. We don't know, but but it's through iterative experimentation that will make it happen. I'm excited. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It was a good conversation. I'm excited for everyone to hear it. Sounds great. Thank you very much, Mishka. All right. Bye, Lucas. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to Beyond Conventional Marketing, a Brainify podcast. Keep connected with us by subscribing to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you found this episode valuable, please rate, review, and share it. To learn more about creating delightful digital experiences, join us for the next conversation.